Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I will do whatever it takes to protect the health of my skin. Blemishes, redness, dryness, tired or aged skin. All these can actually be signs of your gut struggling to detox. When your gut is healthy, your skin will naturally glow in a way that no cream or cosmetic can replicate. I'm using Just Thrive Probiotic. I have also sent it to my brother-in-law who deals with gut issues. Get 15% off their award-winning probiotic today. Go to justthrivehealth.com and use promo code WIT at checkout. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi everyone, welcome to With Wit. Attending the White House and the party in D.C., an event put on by Impactual to celebrate our democracy, really inspired me to use my voice and platform to speak to important issues in our society right now. There has never been a more important time in my life than right now. The past week was surreal with the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. I I'm so grateful for the guest today and the conversation I'm sharing. She is a wealth of knowledge and someone I respect so much. I spoke with Alencia Johnson about what this means, how we got here, and what we can do next. A little bit more about her, named Ebony Magazine's Power 100 list of influential African Americans and PR Week's 40 Under 40 list. Alencia Johnson leads at the intersection of social justice and culture change. She is a social impact, brand engagement, and communication strategist with corporate, political, and nonprofit experience. She's a highly sought-after strategist, advisor, and cultural commentator who has worked with or been featured on CNN, MSNBC, L, Washington Post, NPR, and so many more. She spent six years at Planned Parenthood Federation of America, where she engaged political, media, entertainment, and corporate organizations and influencers to shift mainstream culture with positive, inclusive, and factual perceptions of gender equity and women's rights. Alencia was the architect behind Plant Parenthood's infamous Stand with Black Women branding and framework, developed the framework for Planned 
Planned Parenthood's engagement with broader social justice issues and managed cultural partnerships, including the WNBA, South by Southwest, Sundance Film Festival, Essence Music Festival, and more. Here is Alencia and a very important conversation. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be talking to you right now. Same. I, like so many other people, just feel confused and and angry and I have so many questions. And so I wanted to find someone that obviously was well-versed and whose opinion I respected. And so I just feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about this. Let's just get into the Roe v. Wade situation. Did you feel like this ruling was inevitable? I just feel like, how did we get here? It just seems so crazy to me that this could be a focus in this day and age, that people cared this much to reverse it. And I know that sounds naive, but just how how did we get here? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, you you say that. I think folks do feel <clears throat> a little naive and that a lot of people believe that it wouldn't happen. But the reality mm-hmm. is, you know, in this country, we have this narrative and this culture of uh, land of the free and our civil liberties and the p- very people talking about that have been mm-hmm. gaslighting us for decades, right? Mm-hmm. Have been actually gaslighting us since the founding of this country. We really want to get into it. We <sighs> talk about one thing and then treat right. certain populations another way. I worked at Planned Parenthood for six years under both President Obama and President Trump. Mm-hmm. And under President Obama, I mean, you saw states literally enact overpass hundreds of legislation to restrict abortion care passed. So that means they introduce even more. And that's mm-hmm. under a very pro-choice, pro-woman, pro-health president. And mm-hmm. so it makes you think about the, you know, the great lengths that this movement against bodily autonomy has gone, you know, the history. And, and I know we only have so much time. I could go into the history of the anti-abortion crusade movement. They like to peg it on religion. Listen, I'm Mm -hmm. the daughter of a pastor from the South, and Mm -hmm. it's actually my belief in Christ that I do the work that I do because it's about love. It's about compassion. It's about safety. It's about embracing people. But Mm -hmm. years ago, decades ago, you know, some very extreme right-wing evangelicals decided that they wanted to make this an issue for their political gain and spent several decades reimagining the court and stacking the court and making sure that they could get to the point that we got to with a unfortunate election of President Trump, where they had Supreme Court justices on their side, all at the same time, this larger culture war around abortion care and what it is. And, you know, we're fighting against not just policies and politics, we're literally fighting against culture. One side you know, has very extreme dark views of abortion care. The other side that I'm on has this view that this is just healthcare, this is basic healthcare, and it's someone's personal decision. And so if you have over 50 years of this minority, but powerful minority, really reimagining the definition of what abortion is, as well as strategically electing people that they don't even care for, but they know that they can maintain power. They started stacking the courts and they also have extreme 
groups that hide behind the veil of quote unquote Christianity and saying they want to protect babies, they want to protect life. Well, honestly, if you want to protect life, I mean, we could get into why are you against gun reform, right? Gun control. Why are you against paid family leave and childcare and all of these other things that actually do breathe life into our communities. And so that has been what they have been on a crusade over for decades. And that has led to a lot of extremism. You know, yeah, social media is very new, but even in the 80s, there were extremists bombing healthcare clinics because they provided abortion care. Doctors and nurses and volunteers and people who work to help people access abortion care, their lives have been threatened. We've had doctors in this movement die at the hands of anti-abortion extremists. And so all of that, that, that really volatile and that unfortunate circumstances have led us to this moment. And I will be honest, I, when I first started working at Planned Parenthood in 2013, I didn't think I actually didn't think that this day would come, but starting to do the work there within less than a year, I said, oh, no, this is inevitable. As soon as the Supreme Court is politicized and taken over, we will lose access to abortion. And it happened. And I I believe I started grieving it when the leaked decision came out in May, but it's here now. And all I can think of are the women and the people who literally were going to their appointments on Friday. And some doctors were literally saying, I cannot perform this procedure for you. Oh, and mean, how, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that. I've seen there up through social media. You obviously are exposed to all the different stories. And mm-hmm. I was reading one the other day about someone with an ectopic pregnancy and that she was like literally internally bleeding, but the doctor couldn't do anything, was dealing with lawyers and like taking all this time to figure out what he could do and ended up being able to do it. But the amount of people this puts at risk mm-hmm. and and how conflicted all these healthcare providers must be is so, yeah. is so infuriating. I just... Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why they've chosen this to be the most passionate about when you've said mm-hmm. when you said previously like there's so many other things that are a risk to our community and our kids what is their justification for this I just I feel like there's no devil's advocate here because yeah, it's just yeah. de- it's just devilish yeah. but I'm just trying to figure out like what is their mindset in wanting to fight so hard for this, but not the other things? Honestly, that was one of my first questions when I started (laughs) thinking about all of this myself. And then I realized if I, if it starts to make sense to me, then I'm as crazy as the other side. So you're like, why even go down that road? I know. I don't want to go down that road, but you know, just thinking more deeply and, and doing a lot more research and really understanding. And also there was this woman representative who introduced former President Trump at a rally and said, Mm -hmm. literally said those who want to protect white life. And they say it was a slip up, but Mm -hmm. a lot of folks were saying, oh, you're actually saying the quiet part out loud now. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, I believe, and a lot of people in this, this movement believe that this is very much about 
maintaining white supremacy, which mm-hmm. actually harms women too. Mm-hmm. It's patriarchal. It's literally about control. And mm-hmm. it is a minority rule to maintain power. Mm-hmm. And it's also this fear of this ever-changing country that we're in. So, right. you know, there's a lot of statistics out there that show us the truth that this country is going to be even more diverse than it was, you know, today than it is today. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are fearful. Well, not a lot of people. This minority in power is very fearful of that. When right. women have power, when we were able to go to college, when we were able to obtain birth control without our husband's consent, when we were able to buy a home and get credit cards without our husband's consent, women have become a very powerful force. If you look at Black and Brown folks, as we have started to gain more rights in this country and achieve so much more, and and I've also demanded that this country actually work on the founding principles about liberty and justice for all, that means those in power had to actually reimagine what their lives meant, right? And so I think this, this for me, it literally boils down back to control and white supremacy, control of women, control of queer and trans folks, control of Black and brown people, the people who... I say we have the most to lose. And those of us, especially with intersecting identities, we have the most to lose and yet the most to gain. And when we do have that opportunity, we're so much more powerful. You know, it's really sad too to think that we, to to know that we are in a country where they are forcing us to birth. And that means more people will die in, in child labor. That means if folks want to talk about the economy, That means people will be further driven into poverty because they can afford families. That means so many things actually will no longer work. And our democracy in our country, to be honest, I believe it's falling. And, you know, Clarence Thomas also said the quiet part out loud when he said this gives us the runway to talk about to to reconsider same sex marriage ruling and privacy around contraception and uh, the fact that these people are so emboldened to actually say that, it tells you exactly where they're trying to go. And the saddest part for me, again, as as I said, I am, you know, a person of faith and I follow Jesus Christ's teaching is that based on the teachings that I know and that I have read and studied, everything that they are doing under the name of Christianity is everything but. And why, And I understand why people are like, if this is the God you serve, like I wouldn't want to serve that because this is what is happening to my life, even though it's supposed to be about love and compassion and safety and community and opportunity. That is not what is baked into the way that these people are trying to govern and rule this country. All right. Now a word from our sponsor. So since we started our home renovation, all I can think about is interior design. I'm obsessed. I go into a boutique or a friend's home investigating everything from the tile to the paint, everything. Claire is a new online paint brand that makes paint shopping super simple. We all want to create a beautiful home that reflects our personal style. And paint is one of the easiest and least expensive ways to totally transform your home and really make it feel more like you. Claire takes the hassle out of paint shopping with a streamlined selection of designer curated colors, mess-free peel and stick paint swatches, and premium paint and supplies delivered straight 
to your door. If you need help choosing a color, you can try Claire Color Genius, a fun two-minute quiz that's like having an interior designer help you choose your paint color. You answer a few easy questions about your space and your style, and Claire delivers a personalized paint color recommendation for you. With Claire, you can find everything you need to confidently tackle your paint project without leaving your home. From the products to inspiration, tips, and tutorials, it's a one-stop shop. Visit Claire at www.claire.com slash with wit to get started. That's www.claire.com slash with wit with code with wit for $5 off. Again, use code with wit to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. Nothing is worse than waking up with a huge zit or zits. Mine always seem to hit right when I need to be on camera for something. It's funny how that always works out. Super great. Apostrophe, though, is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications clinically proven to help clear acne. I wish I had this when I was 16. At Apostrophe, an expert dermatology team will create a personalized treatment plan tailored to your skin. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history. Then snap a few selfies and a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. It's so easy. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, including hormonal, facial, and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. We have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash wit when you use our code wit. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash wit and click begin visit. Then use our code wit at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's apostrophe, A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash wit and use that code wit to get your first dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. Now back to the episode. Well, you touched on this a little, but obviously now with abortion in the hands of the states, what does this mean for the millions of people who will lose access to abortion care? You talked a little bit about how it has, you know, a trickle down effect on obviously Mm -hmm. poverty and, but like what will happen now to these people that don't, have access to this? And also, what is a trigger ban? Yeah, so I'll start with the trigger ban. What that means is that a lot of states have, and I'm I'm sure you and your listeners have heard, even it's just anecdotally, that there are some states that make it a crime to a felony to seek out abortion care. So like Louisiana, for one, Oklahoma, and there's so many other states. And some of those laws have been actually kind of held at bay to not be as extreme as they are because of our constitutional protection and Roe v. Wade. Because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that means immediately in some of these states, these 13 states that have trigger bans, immediately they have to be, their hands are tied to those laws which prevent them from providing abortion care, which leads us to the conversation we were having a little bit earlier when you were saying that you're seeing these stories of doctors who literally can't 
you know, uh, provide the healthcare that they need to to a person who is dealing with an ectopic pregnancy, that women and people are literally in lobbies of health centers and they cannot access the care because those laws were put in place that as soon as this decision came down, abortion would be illegal in that state. And there were there are 13 states total, and it's a varying degree of whether it was immediately within those 24 hours to whether or not it's going to take a few weeks. Now, the, the beautiful thing is the ACLU and a lot of organizations that look at the legality of a lot of different cases and a lot of policies, they mm-hmm. are, and I don't want to get into like all the specifics because they're changing every single day. Right, they right. are filing lawsuits in so many of these states to at least put, you know, a, a, a stay so that the trigger ban won't go into effect so that doctors can figure out what they can and cannot do. I mean, there are some states where literally a doctor would have to call and get a judge to give them permission to perform an abortion procedure And they would have to prove that it was a stillborn instead of a self-induced abortion. And it is extremely hard to clarify that difference if you are not a medical professional. And so doctors who've spent their entire career, education, career, learning about medicine, science and medicine, now they have to go to a lawyer or to a right-wing extremist appointed judge Right. to see whether or not they can perform this care. And so these trigger bans are extremely scary in some of these states. I'm grateful to all of the people, the legal experts who have literally been fighting this for years. Uh-huh. They are also being helpful to those of us who want to expand access to abortion care, protect action to abortion care, and figuring out ways in which you know, these abortion can be protected under certain state constitutions and helping some states figure out how to create a ballot initiative or a constitutional amendment would be on the ballot and people can vote on that to go into their state constitution. And so there's a lot happening in the states and it's changing every single day. But the saddest part is these trigger bans, literally the word trigger is to remind us that, oh, as soon as this decision came down, it triggered that the ban went into effect and it is illegal in these states. Now, some of these states too have tried to write into their policies that, you know, a person can't cross state lines to go get an abortion. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. Like how, okay, so it's illegal in your state, but what are the limitations of, of, of leaving or researching? Hmm. Well, you know, that that's a great question because they, and there are so many people who will say, oh, women with privilege will still be able to access abortion care. And I'm like, we actually shouldn't be having that conversation because it is not fair to any person to have their rights stripped away. Right. And so some of these laws, like we saw in Texas, they tried to criminalize any person who will aid a person seeking out abortion care from your family member to your Uber driver to whoever it may be. And so some states want to literally surveil people and try to, you know, see whether or not they are crossing state lines and prosecute them for that. Thankfully, President Biden said that he is making sure that his Department of Justice is going to make sure that that is not the case, that that is something that states cannot do, that you cannot charge someone or prosecute someone for crossing state lines to access health care. They're also, okay. President Biden is also making sure that his administration, the HHS and the FDA, the mm-hmm. Department of Health and Human Services, they are trying to make sure that medication abortion is still available 
to people, even in states where the abortion procedure is illegal. And so these, and I, I would say surface because you know, I'm so deep into some of this work, but mm-hmm. even at the surface level, these are some of the ways in which our elected officials and those who are in charge of policy have to think about protecting people's ability to get life-saving care. And, and I'm one of those believers of, listen, I don't care what your reasoning is. The right has to be protected. The reality is it should just be left up to doctors who have literally gone to school and got the license and the training for this and a person and their faith. Right. That's literally where it has to reside. Right. Well, that was going to be my next question was what can our government do now to protect women? Like what power does Biden's, you know, staff have with this? And then what does codify Roe actually mean? Absolutely. Those are great questions. And and that is so that that's one of the things that so many of us who do political strategy and and I I appreciate the place that I'm in right now. I do my own consultancy and I work with mm-hmm. different campaigns, but I've also worked with different companies who are trying to figure out how they're going to show up in this moment. And had to have, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of electeds and a lot of people who are running for office and a lot of organizers who are trying to get voters to think about all of these things as they're going to the ballot box. The reality is codifying Roe, that means actually having a federal protection for abortion care. There is a bill that has passed the House, the Whole Women's Health Protection Act. And through that, it would protect abortion care at the federal level. Now, in order for it to become law, it has to go to the Senate and has to pass to the Senate and it has to have a 60 Senate vote to pass. And then once it passes, it goes to President Biden's desk and he will either sign it or veto it, but he will obviously sign it. Right. Now, one of the issues is we do not have 60 votes in the Senate. We have 50 votes and we right. fortunately have a vice president, Vice President Harris, who is such a champion of these issues. She would be the tie-breaking vote, but we would have to get rid of the filibuster, which says that you have to have 60 votes in order for something right. to pass. We would have to get rid of the filibuster in order for the Whole Women's Health Protection Act to pass in Congress. And we have some senators, unfortunately, who don't believe in getting rid of the filibuster, yet they say they will do any and everything to protect abortion care. I and understand that. These, <laughs> exactly. And these senators, <laughs> and honestly, even President Biden, he, he's been in politics for so long, so I, yeah. I can understand why he's like, the rules, though, the rules. And I'm like, right. listen... Those guys on the other side, they don't care about the rules. And I, you better believe as soon as they have all three chambers of our government, they will get rid of the filibuster to pass a national abortion ban. Right. Like, I'm sorry to say, but this is one of those things where it's like nice guys finish last. Like, I hate to say it, but it's just like you have your rules. (laughs) Yeah. Like you they're not respecting the rules. So what? You're just going to let them walk all over you. Like, it just doesn't work for me. It it doesn't work for me either. And, And I really want so many of us to be pressuring not only the Senate and these two yeah. senators, one of which is from Arizona, Cinema, Kirsten Cinema, as well as Joe Manchin and West Virginia, pressuring uh-huh. them to uh-huh. get in line with the rest of their colleagues who say, let's get rid of the filibuster and codify Roe so we can get a bill to his desk. So with his hands tied with the congressional legislation uh-huh. and the federal abortion access, there are some things that he can do that he laid out, which is, again, some of the stuff that I talked about, the Department of Justice, ensuring mm-hmm. that 
people will not be charged for crossing state lines to obtain abortion, ensuring that medicine abortion, which is extremely safe, which is this is the same procedure for whether or not it's an abortion by choice or it's the manage of miscarriage. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Any of that. Making sure that this FDA approved a medication that has been around for years and is mm-hmm. extremely safe. Mm-hmm. People have access to that if they need to. Mm-hmm. And he's also, you know, looking into ways to ensure that this ruling won't be used against several other rights as well. And I know that the White House has really put Vice President Harris in charge of this, which I think is extremely important. She has been a staunch leader on these issues for so long. And she has been making the case that you asked us earlier about like who's going to be impacted the most, you know, Black and brown women, Indigenous people, LGBTQ folks, poor people will be impacted the most. And in a country, one of the, the wealthiest nations in the world has the worst maternal mortality rate, particularly of Black and brown people. And this White House has really championed, you know, shifting that and hoping to address the systemic issues there. And now this is just adding even further, even more barriers into that. And so they're doing as much as they can to ensure that people are understanding how this is all connected. And I I believe in the coming weeks, you'll just continue to hear them talking about everything that they can do with their executive power, Mm -hmm. but without legislation from our legislative branch, our hands are tied. And I'm also going to say this because I'm not affiliated with the White House, (laughs) but I believe in expanding the Supreme Court. My former boss, Senator Elizabeth Warren, is a champion of that as well. You know, the Supreme Court has shown us that they are a partisan uh, body now, that they do not follow their own rules. I mean, we could talk about Clarence Thomas and his wife being part of the whole insurrection, but that's a whole nother conversation. And so I believe that the people, we the people, should be demanding that folks get on board with expanding the Supreme Court. Like that's the only way we could bring some balance and some balance to this court and maybe some integrity. Is that possible? Like, what would that process look like? I mean, you know, anything, I I like to believe that anything is possible, but, you know, will it happen this year while we have this slim margin in the House and the Senate? You know, I don't believe it would, but it could through, you know, uh, uh, legislation and, you know, Senator Warren and some of her colleagues have actually introduced bills to to bring some integrity to the court and some like checks and balances to the Supreme Court as well as expanding the court. Mm-hmm. President Biden is not on board with that. But, a, you know, a lot of times people will say that these viewpoints are too extreme. Yeah. And, but that's where culture comes in. That's where humanizing people's experience comes in. And that's where us as the people, like everyday folks, when we start pushing back and saying, no, this is what we want, mm-hmm. that pushes our elected leaders to say, oh, right, I actually do have to do what it is that this person elected me to do. Right. Like I have a responsibility here. It's not just about my ladder, my, like working my way. Exactly. Here. I have a responsibility exactly. to the people. And it's just so crazy that that is not already ingrained in them when they take these offices, you know, like it's just Mm -hmm. people get so blinded by power. But you said something about Justice Thomas's comments in regards to marriage equality. Like, do you think that's something we should be worried about? And also birth control access? Is birth control going to be taken off the shelves too? I mean, not not like you have a definitive answer, but are these 
these feel like real things to worry about now. <laughs> no, they, they are absolutely real things to worry about because to be honest, again, so many people didn't believe that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. Right. And I feel like every single time something happens, people are saying, oh my goodness, I didn't think this could happen. Right. But and it's just a gateway. Some of us are like, no, you all, it is actually going to happen. Right. This is the gateway. Uh-huh. And if he is so emboldened and confident enough to say that mm-hmm. publicly, yes, it will happen. Especially right. if you think about, let's talk about what happens to LGBTQ communities. Yep. We see so many bills and these states going after trans kids. We're talking about kids, right? And just the attack on our children, they are so much more concerned about how kids express themselves or who they love or how they show up in the world mm-hmm. than they are about kids being murdered by AR-15s that right. should not even be in the hands of people, right? right? So that is very real. When it comes to contraception, there are some states who are trying to pass measures that say plan B is an abortion pill when it is yeah. contraception. They're trying to redefine what contraception is and trying to redefine the definition of when pregnancy happens, which again, is like, none of you are doctors, (laughs) none of you are scientists or doctors. And so they are going to come after contraception and they're coming after same-sex marriage. And then if we think about it, they're going to find other ways to come for so many other rights. I mean, you know, voting rights, they got a key provision of the Voting Rights Act years ago and, and mm-hmm. activists were saying, hey, they're going to start doing even more if they get more seats on the Supreme Court. And that's what they've done. And then mm-hmm. we've just seen the, the Supreme Court ruling in favor of even a public school. Like students cannot refuse to pray if their coach tells them that they have to pray before <sighs> a game or something. Yeah. Right. And, and so it is mind boggling. And it's like we're reading a, the worst science fiction novel and we're reading the worst screenplay ever, but this right. is happening and it's happening really fast and it's going to happen even faster. If, if unfortunately those in power in Washington DC don't move with a sense of urgency because they're coming for all of those things. I mean, totally. there was also a Republican elected who said that they should uh, look at the ruling that allows for interracial marriage. Oh. And I, I'm, like what like they are emboldened to say these things out loud now and so so they will definitely come for it it's like it's just so crazy it's like okay so you're gonna take away our birth control like when are you gonna then make it a mandate or demand that men have to wear condoms you know like it's like what (laughs) is that that would never happen (laughs) exactly can you even imagine that Mm -hmm. it's just so and if you want us to have all these babies, when are you going to pass universal child care? Right. When are you going to make sure there's a child tax credit so that helps families stay out of poverty? Right. When are you going to send, give more money to schools so that our teachers are paid better? When are you going to make sure that there's clean drinking water in Flint? Like the list goes on and on and on. When are you going to make sure that police are not murdering black and brown people? Right. Like right. the list goes on and on and on. So if you want us to be forced to birth, that all these other things have to be in place. To me, that's, again, it's the definition of pro-life is to take care of us. Okay, time for a quick ad break. I cannot get over how hot it is in the valley right now. Honestly, my desire to move and get out of this suffocating heat gets stronger every time the summer hits. For now, though, we plan to take off two weeks in July to visit family up north. 
Till then, all this heat means sweating a lot, outfit changes a lot, and I think we can all relate so much boob sweat. Boob sweat equals pool days, which equals barbecues, which equals being outside with friends. And we've already started a little bit of this. Timmy has been our backyard barbecue chef, and it has been so fun. Last weekend, we had our dear friends over and played all day. Luckily, Macy's is bringing back Black Friday to July, supporting your right to change outfits five times a day and improving your outdoor dining setup in one go. They've got the very best deals on summer essentials like swimsuits, cover-ups, and totes to get you head to toe ready for the beach or your backyard barbecue or pool party. They also have amazing barely there makeup essentials so you don't sweat off your face, barbecue musts like patio furniture and grills, and so much more. So head over to Macy's.com from July 6th to July 11th to score great deals during Black Friday in July and get 25% off when you use your Macy's card or promo code JULY. That's J-U-L-Y. And don't forget to head back to Macy's.com every day for their daily deals Wednesday through Monday. No summer outfit is complete without some sun-kissed skin and the perfect stack of necklaces, rings, and bracelets. My current jewelry obsession is Golden, the best brand if you are looking for unique pieces. Their mission? Make it by hand. Make it personal. Make a difference. Creating connections and giving back through every purchase. With Golden, you can personalize various styles. Modern personalization options allow you to create a piece that tells your story. There are a million ways to make it your own. Each style is handmade just for you. Choose your metal, your size, and personal inscriptions to be hand-stamped by our makers. Every order comes with letter-pressed, gift-ready packaging, a handwritten note, and a jewelry care kit. They offer a happiness guarantee. Golden believes in empowerment through craft by providing local craft workers in the Pacific Northwest with jobs working within a process that reduces waste, recycles scrap, and increases material sustainability. They donate 10% of all profits and more through special collections to organizations that support our core causes of education, liberation, and community building. And Golden is female-founded and run with a workforce consisting of 80% women. Visit golden.com, that's G-L-D-N.com to find the perfect piece and make it yours. One more time, that's golden.com, G-L-D-N, and use code WITHWIT at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Now back to our conversation. So what do you think that we can expect to see like ahead of the midterms with regards to this ruling? Well, you'll see a lot of different things. So on the Republican side, there's this article that came out in Politico. To be honest, I am in politics and I don't read it all the time. (laughs) However, you know, I pay attention to, you know, some of the chatter there. And there was this article that a lot of Republican strategists were like, we actually have loved campaigning on overturning Roe v. Wade, but we didn't actually think it was going to happen. And this is actually kind of troubling for us going Mm -hmm. into a midterm election. Mm -hmm. And especially in that a lot of people see this as a deciding issue for some swing voters. And you have a larger ability to galvanize when you're on the defense versus being on the offense. So I look at for years, 
those of us who were advocating for abortion rights, telling people, oh my gosh, this is the issue, this is the election. And folks are like, no, 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 we're fine. Roe v. Wade is in place, we're okay. Right. But now that it's been taking away, even more people are galvanized. And so a lot of Republicans are now realizing, oh my goodness, this happened. This is actually not what we want it to happen mm-hmm. because this is can this can be very dangerous for us. Mm-hmm. And then so you have folks who are Democrats, folks who vote for pro-choice candidates, folks like you and I who believe right. with certain perspectives. Yes, we know we have to vote. We know we have to get more people engaged in voting. But the reality is we also have to continue to organize and put pressure on this White House and members of Congress and actually not just our federal government, but our state houses too, to do the right thing and protect people, to make sure that they are following the laws, to make sure the laws that are actually there to protect us, right? And then organizing against the laws that are stripping away our rights. But we, this is the time when those of us who, and I say us as a broader community, those of us who crutch on our democracy working, quote unquote, the way it's supposed to work, or crutching on, you know, folks like myself who do this work every day and just show up at the ballot box, it's time to actually get in the game and actually do something and make your voice heard. And one of the most powerful things right now that people can do is actually share their abortion story, share Mm -hmm. their own journey, share their own pregnancy journey and why they have made the choices that they've made and what this decision means. And I think broadly too, and and some of the work that I've been so fortunate to do over the years and do a lot more of now is this long-term culture work. And that Mm -hmm. we will probably lose in the immediate future. We're going to lose a lot more things in the immediate future. But the way in which we can gain all of this, not only gain all of this back, Mm -hmm. but have a more inclusive and an even better world when we rebuild abortion access across this country, we rebuild our voting rights and all of that is by some real culture change work, humanizing experiences and TV and film. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, and this is really sad, but a lot of times there are people in our lives who are more connected to their favorite character on television or in a movie than they are to people in their community who right. might be different than them, right? Mm-hmm. And so the more that we can humanize stories through TV and film and through art and and start a conversation that brings different experiences to people's living rooms so mm-hmm. that they have a level of compassion and understanding that gets them to actually start voting in ways that protect more people. I think that's the long-term win. And that's hard work. It's deep work. But listen, the LGBTQ community realized that that was their their winning strategy to really engage in storytelling and, and the humanizing of experiences and getting these corporations to stand up for what's right. And that shifts the needle policy wise. I tell people all the time, culture is actually more powerful than politics when it comes to shifting policy. And anyone who touches any type of culture work, pop culture work, should realize the power that they have in their art because it it literally is the unifying force. And yet it also just tells stories and changes people's hearts in ways that even a Barack Obama, who was like one of the best speakers ever, could never, right? That's what I'm super hopeful about. 
Yeah, that's a way more of an empowering way to think about it. And for those of us that feel like a little bit useless or don't know what to do, like you said, mm-hmm. it's really just about sharing our stories and that organically, hopefully resonating with people and touching their hearts so that they feel some sort of personal you know, responsibility to do something about this. It's mm-hmm. getting people like outside of themselves and being empathetic people. That's what makes for like a happy, peaceful civilization. But what are some resources, at least right now, that women looking for services can turn to? So if you need help finding a clinic, I would go to abortionfinder.org. And actually, let me step back. For your listeners who, especially those of you who might be in a state where these laws have, are going into effect, mm-hmm. please use an incognito browser so that people cannot track your searching, what you're searching and your movements. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to provide more information for you to put in the show notes because yes. that is, we want to make sure that folks are not being surveilled and exercising their right to abortion care. hundred percent. But yes, they can go to abortionfinder.org uh-huh. or go to I need a letter N letter A. I need a com. If folks are looking for access to a portion medication, abortion, abortion pill, you can go to plan C pills, plural.org okay. uh-huh. or heyjane.co. And then it's, it's more than just accessing, getting to a clinic and getting an appointment. It's also the financial assistance. Uh-huh. So there's abortionfunds.org. It's the network of abortion funds throughout this entire country. Amazing. People can go there for financial assistance. And then also, if you want to donate to them, you could actually donate there as well. And they will make sure it gets to the people that need it the most. There's also their hotline. That's 1-800-772-9100. And then, of course, if you need legal assistance, because a lot of people will need legal assistance, there have mm-hmm. already been, even before this decision, for years, there have been women and pe- pregnant people who have been criminalized for miscarriages or, or self-induced abortions that they needed but couldn't get to a healthcare provider because of the laws in their state. There is the reprolegalhelpline.org and aidaidaccess.org for legal okay. assistance. Okay. And then last, last resource, if you want to get into the fight and just organizing political work, there's bands off.org as well that can point people to actions. Also, again, with any of these, please be mindful, especially if you live in a state that is very hostile to abortion care. Use incognito windows. If you are going to an appointment, turn your location off on your phone. Like there's a lot of things that we now have to think about in order to access care. And also, sadly, now we have to be careful of who we share this conversation with. That's so true. Because you you never know who might tell someone and then you will be criminalized. And that's right. what we've seen happen in some of these states. And it is, it is extremely sad that, I mean, like Whitney, like it is so sad that that is how I have to caveat this list of resources. I know. I, know. I, I, I feel that it makes me mm-hmm. so fearful, especially having a four-year-old, almost five-year-old. I'm just mm-hmm. like, do I talk to him about it or how can I talk to him about it? Or like, what age is he when I start talking to him about this? Has anyone asked you, how can we talk to our kids about this? I just don't even know what to do or where to start. Yeah. You know, that's a a very interesting question. And usually I get asked that question with 
like friends and family who have like teenagers yeah. or college students. Yeah. I mean, and that makes they're more, sense. more, yeah. but I will be honest, they're a little more advanced and they get it so yeah. much more than we do. Like yeah. my little cousins in college, the things that they post, I'm like, Oh, that, that's great. Maybe I'll yeah. use that in my next interview. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think with like even younger kids, what I've seen that is most helpful and, and obviously you know, understanding pregnancy and what happens in pregnancy. That's actually very technical and very much mature, but there is a way to start talking to our young kids about compassion for others, about mm-hmm. having agency over our bodies and knowing that what it means for me to engage with a violation, right? Understanding the boundaries of my body, but also more importantly, that I have to care for this person next to me, even if my experience is so different. And I, I, a lot of my girlfriends, I don't have children yet, but a lot of my girlfriends, their children are the same age as your son. And they call me about the conversations that they see their kids having with other kids and Mm -hmm. how, you know, they, they don't actually understand fully the concepts of like of gender and race because it's, those are social constructs that they're taught when they're older. Right. And so continuing to foster that, that understanding, that level of empathy that we've talked about, that level of all of us deserve the same thing mm-hmm. and shouldn't have to be beheld into some, I've heard some little kids say some really mean, mean guys who want to take away all of our rights and they don't understand why they would do that. Right. Like just having that base level of like humanity conversation is really important. And then I see a lot of my friends, honestly, their kids are right out there with them and these protests and talking my body and my choice and whatever that means. And it is the cutest thing. And yet that also, we talk about hope that also gives me hope for mm-hmm. this future. It's, mm-hmm. it's scary what's happening right now. And, and we think about this world that our children will be growing growing up in, in this country. And yet at the same time, they are just so much more aware and conscious and compassionate and have a level of empathy that I don't think many adults have. And right. if we can continue to foster that, I think, I think they will be the future to save us. Yeah, it's true. It's really like you said for for the kids that are that are too young for to have the complicated conversations with. It's really just about teaching them like how to good, be good people. It's like as simple mm-hmm. as that, like how to be caring, empathetic, good people. And then that mm-hmm. then uh, as they get more sophisticated, the topics get more sophisticated, but you just you you just raise them to be people that care Absolutely. about equal rights for everyone. I guess we talked about this a little bit was just what can we do to help right now? Like you said, it's really just about having those organic conversations and sharing our stories and having that empathy, obviously getting out and voting. Is there anything else that we can be doing? Are there any other organizations that are on the ground that you can shout out or do you think we covered it? Yeah, no, I mean, just again, the donating to the abortion funds.org is incredibly important. And I know a lot of people are donating to the Planned Parenthoods of the world and the Emily List of the world, which are very important. And also look at your smaller organizations like the Sister Songs of the world, which is a, the the national reproductive justice organization that is an umbrella organization for a lot of women of color and queer led really on the ground 
organizations who are organization who are organizing in intersectional ways, and that really most of their work are in these states in the South mm-hmm. that significantly impact low-income people, women and people of color. Really important to do those things, and then also educating people around you. I don't, I think sometimes we take for granted that conversation. I mean, I even sometimes take that for granted when I'm doing all of the work and mm-hmm. my day-to-day life. And then on the weekends, I'm having conversations with friends and I'll say something. Very educated people, but they don't fully understand what I'm saying because of course it's not their day-to-day yeah. life. I mean, that's how I and, feel. Like I feel like an yeah. educated person, but when it came to this, I was like, I need to have a conversation with someone that is really in the depth of this because it is so like crazy to me. And so, yeah, it's really having these conversations and not being afraid to ask the questions, no matter how Mm -hmm. naive you think they may be like, that's the only way for us to learn and grow. Right. Absolutely. And I'm actually so glad you said that because oftentimes I think some people feel that their questions are naive because some of us super close to these issues kind of have this chip on our shoulders of like, I can't believe you don't know, you need to read this. And I'm like, wait, I I don't even read every single article that comes out every day about this. So like we have to, here's my church girl again. We have to have a little grace with one another. (laughs) Let's be more compassionate with one another and move people along. And then the last thing I will say, and and Jasmine Sullivan, who I love, and she's a huge supporter of abortion access and reproductive freedom. Mm-hmm. She used her acceptance speech at the BET Awards this Sunday, which I was doing some work with BET around this. It was also after Janelle Monet said F the Supreme Court on national yeah. television. Yeah. And I loved it. She used her moment. Yes. Um, and Jasmine Sullivan said, she spoke directly to the men in the audience. And I was in the audience and people were kind of like taken, I could tell like people were taken aback. And she mm-hmm. literally said, men, you need to be part of this fight. And people say that all the time. And she said, a lot of you are where you are in life because you benefited from several abortions. Mm -hmm. And most of them don't even know that they've benefited from those abortions. And so I need the men in our lives to really step it up. Like it is time to step it up because patriarchy is real and they still have a little more power than we do. And so, you know what, spend that privilege and show up for us in this moment. And if you don't understand something, go do the work because there's a lot of research and resources out there for you. But I need more men to be vocal about this. Right. And not just because they have a daughter or they love a woman. No, because this is the right thing to do. Yes. And also you have benefited from abortion care in your life. And most of you have without even knowing it. Well, this has been so enlightening and informative for me. I feel so much more, like I was saying, empowered just having had this conversation. I appreciate you taking the time so much, especially with like a travel sitch. And I want you to go enjoy (laughs) yourself because it sounds like you've been running around like crazy and you really deserve it because you need to do this for yourself so that you can show up for everybody else that you're fighting for after. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for using your platform for this. I mean, it's so important. It's so important. It's my job. It's my mission. I appreciate this so, so, so awesome. Thank you. And I appreciate it too. And I just... Looking forward to even more conversations like this. Yes. I thank you so much for using your platform for this.
Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets. 